Welcome to Critical Ditto, the Pokemon role-playing podcast run by us, listened to by you. We hope you're having fun. We certainly are. This is me. I'm Stuart today. I've got I've got my hood up. I'm in my cocoon. I am a, a larval bug-type Pokemon, <laughs> and I am ready to blossom to bloom into a beautiful butterfly sometime soon. And when I do, I will be able to see my fellow players. I can't wait. I wonder what they'll be like. I can only imagine for now. Wait, just using my... Uh... What's the, th- what's the thing called? What's the thing that they poke the flowers with? It's the tongue that unfurls. It's the perineum? No, that's not it. <laughs> no, that's, that's not it at all. Who does the gooch tell you is next? <laughs> Introduce me, gooch. <laughs> Crawling on the floor, facing Stuart's buggy buggy taint, is me. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Ali Hill. Playing the role of Kenny Mullet, an empathetic yet haunted young man on a quest to find out more about his weird poker powers. On Kenny's team, he has Bowtie the Dartrix, Moustache the Gyarados, Hoops the Salandit, Fedora the Honchcrow, Swirly the Spiritomb, and Fleek the Joltic. Next up, I'm going to pass the baton over to the person who's, I dare say, enjoying this the most, David Leavesley. <laughs> <laughs> and you would be right uh, <laughs> Is I, David, who plays Theo The sardonic and height-averse Former church member On <laughs> Theo's team Is a Medicham with no specific name A Swadloon called Hillary A Kabuto known as Cabbage A Togekiss, a Barbarical Known as Brobarical And Jason the male combi. And uh, next in the procession of perineum staring that is this podcast, I turn to none other than the Taintmeister General, Tom Dell. This could have been a nice bug intro, guys. You were the one that dropped a gooch, mate. I'm Tom. I am playing Brandy, the ex-cheerleader of the Pokemon champion, who is on a quest to cure her father, who has turned into a Celio. On Brandy's team, she has Wimpy the Lopany, she has Gary the Scaroopy, she has Snorleone the Munchlax, Flower the Meltan, Dr. Bunnelby, and the Carcoal Lightning McQueen. Um, Stu, are you fully ashamed, or would you like to be embarrassed <laughs> further? Well, I want to know what happened last time. Previously on Critical Ditto... Brandy, Theo, Kenny, Tallahassee, and Hannah. Team, you make it to the bottom of this crevice, and you hear this... A huge Pokémon blocking the way. We need some form of gooby juice or slime. Salander, drench the edges of this wall in venom. Everyone, push! We can move it now! And as you get to the other side, you see that this is one metallic chunk of a Steelix fast asleep. Theo, the light of Hannah's lampent glints off something on the top of the Steelix head. You recognise it as Lopanite. On top of the Steelix head has already climbed up Gary the Skaroopy poking the Lopanite. <laughs> Gary Skaroopy gets the Lopanite out. The Lopanite lands right in front of Brandy. I just frozen in fear until Gary the Skaroopy bursts out of his Pokeball, pokes <laughs> the Steelix in the eye. It takes its giant steel tail and goes to slam it right down. All of a sudden, mega-evolved Lopany starts running across the Steelix. The whole cave is now fully collapsing in, but Lopany looks in quite a lot of pain. And you see his eyes roll back into his head and he just falls to the floor. In front of you, the room opens up and it's vast. It's alien. Kind of like the surface of a meteorite. The thing that really draws your attention is the Pokémon all doing incredibly human-like things. I see a Swampert reading a book. Their face just falls at the sight of you. What are you doing here? This is dangerous for your kind. You are in danger. 
King Thrush sat awkwardly on his throne. Part of this was to do with the material from which this throne was crafted, a hard blue crystal that retained jagged edges despite the craft Pokémon's best efforts to shape the rock into something of regality and semi-import. The main reason, though, was that by his own admission, King Thrush was not very good at being king. Thrush had been down in the depths of the wild area beneath the core prison longer than anyone else. So long, in fact, that he'd begun to forget what Pokémon he'd been before he was imprisoned down here. Before the mysterious powers of the meteorite that made up the landscape of the wild area had begun to affect him, dulling his Pokémon abilities and making him more... human. It was due to this that he'd been appointed king. Not through diligence or demonstrative ability, but simply by virtue of being the one who'd been here longer than anyone else. The burgeoning society down here needed an arbitrary decision-maker, and the scepter of responsibility had fallen heavily on Thrush. Just my damn luck, he thought. He clutched his crown in his hands. His hands. That still took some getting used to. What did he have before? Paws? Claws? Something else entirely? Sloking only knows. The crown, like everything else down here, was made from material salvaged from the meteorite, a dull indigo blue with flecks of brilliant azure. It was pretty. It did not suit him. Thrush found himself cursing the blue-green alien landscape that surrounded him. Many years ago, a group of elite trainers known as the First Four had saved Formia from total disaster, halting a giant meteorite from levelling the region. The meteorite had broken apart, and the large chunk that had fallen here had created an enormous pit at the base of the Colossal Mountains, a pit that had become the core prison. The remnants of that meteorite chunk remained here at the base of that pit. Why couldn't I be surrounded by regular rock? Regular darkness. Regular Pokémon problems. No. Instead, Thrush's day-to-day -day was all food rationing and calming the fiery tempers of competing argumentative factions. Today was one such day. An audience with the leader of the Remain faction, Delch the Polywell, and the leader of the Leave faction, Columbo the Monferno. Thrush sighed. The more human the Pokémon became down here, the more prone they were to... politics. He shuddered. I swear, Pokémon used to settle their differences in a more direct, combative manner, he thought. There was a winner and a loser. No need for compromise. A cottony attendant approached Thrush, informing him that the faction leaders would be there momentarily. Thrush nodded, preparing to return to attempting to find a semi-comfortable way of sitting in his throne. That was until Demi, his swampert captain of the guard, burst into his rocky hovel, her massive bulk sending small crystal fragments sliding across the floor. Your Majesty, five humans. Found them whilst out on patrol. You should see them. The meteorite, it seems to be affecting them. Affecting them? H how? Demi stepped aside before beckoning Theo, Brandy, Kenny, Tallahassee and Hannah inside the crude royal dominance. Thrush looked at the assembled humans and took another long sigh. This day was about to get a lot worse.
I know what you're thinking. Did you name a character Thrush? And yes. <laughs> and uh, against my better judgment, yes. A lot of questions, guys. A lot of questions about this land that you find yourself in now. The wild area. Prison. How did you come up with that name? <laughs> don't, please don't ask me about naming stuff right now, Ali, because I, <laughs> it's a sensitive subject. So we know what this landscape looks like. We have a vague idea. We've, I had the description last time of these, these blue crystalline landscape. These human acting Pokemon have created housing and crude buildings. I see them very much like Stone Age hovels, those kind of things. They're crude, but made from yeah, crystal. Very... So to give you a basic understanding of the layout of this little this little society of Pokemon, we've got this, this throne room where we find King Thrush and a little guard room adjoining that. We've got some housing where the Pokemon themselves are, are habiting. We've got this central forum area with a campfire and a, a meeting spot. And we've got a few buildings around the edge that are kind of undefined right now that we'll, we'll find locations for them. But what you need to know is basically this meteorite has mysterious powers. The Pokemon that have been imprisoned down here have begun to take on much more human traits and it's dulled their Pokemon traits and their Pokemon abilities. And you, Brandy, Theo, Kenny, have been brought before the king of this particular society, this King Thrush. So before we even get into you guys and the failures that you ended the last episode with, we just need to work out King Thrush. Because King Thrush has been down here long enough that a lot of their Pokemon appearance and a lot of their Pokemon aspects have faded and dulled. So we need to work out what were they before? Because King Thrush themselves doesn't even know. Tom, what's the most remarkable thing you notice about King Thrush hair? I think it's scales. I think it's Ooh. kind of, it's like hair, but it's, it's sort of coming down in scales. It's as if scales became hair braids. Oh, cool. Okay. So we've got this scaly, it feels quite long as well. I don't know why you've said, maybe coming down has given me yeah, this I long braided scales that come down past King Thrush's chest or down their back. Ali, what is remarkable about King Thrush's nose? You've got scales. So it... King Thrush's nose is, is long and snout-like. But at the end, it forms into the tip of a human nose. That's disgusting. <laughs> what an You've given me a lot more for King Thrush's voice there, Ali, though. It's, it's, it's been pulled. My oh. nose has been pulled out. Oh, no, it's King Thrush. Uh, David, how has King Thrush regaled themselves, unwittingly betraying a little of their Pokemon history? If we said that King Thrush has the crown that he said did not suit him. I think that he is also wearing a robe of his own design. He wanted it to be sort of similar to, to something that sort of subconsciously spoke to him, but all they had were more glowing rocks. Nick has a series of protuberances along the spine, ridges on a serpent's back. Adding these pieces together, the pieces of this lovely puzzle, what can you see? It's the, it's the sort of scaly braid. I see a Komoo. Oh, yes. So not only do you see these scaly hairpiece and this weird snouty mouth and these, these clothes that pertain to a scaly back, you also see the King Thrush's skin is this unhuman grey and King Thrush is sitting awkwardly in their throne as Brandy Theo, Kenny, Tallahassee and Hannah are presented for a royal audience.
now you all failed a roll last time, didn't you? So oh, here's here we go. I don't think so. Yeah, well, I think I checked the tapes. Oh. You all rolled a fail last time, and that fail was to do with the effects of the meteorite. Now, we know that in Pokemon, it dulls their Pokemon abilities and accentuates human traits. And the longer that you spend in the presence of the meteorite and the crystals down here and everything, the more pronounced that effect becomes. So if you were to release one of your Pokemon now, the effect probably wouldn't be huge, but the longer you spend down here, the more that that is going to take hold with humans. Now we know that humans have been told not to come down here. This is a terrible place. And the reason for that is that this place also accentuates your human traits, but it accentuates the worst part of yourselves. So I want you each now to tell me the three most negative aspects of Theo, Brandy, and Kenny's personality. Brandy's patience is very much one of her weak spots. Impatience, then? No, no, I thought she was too patient. I think that's probably the problem. <laughs> Just write them down. Attribute a number, one to three, to each. Okay, Theo, what are your three negative so, attributes? Know-it-all, emotionally distant, and lack of self-esteem. Great. Brandy, what are your three? Her temper, aka short fuse. I've also got self-doubt, and I've also gone for mistrustful. Kenny, what are your three? So, self-loathing, gullible, and socially awkward. What we're going to do is that every time we do a scene, we're going to roll a D3. Whatever comes up is going to be your dominant emotion for the following scene. <laughs> I'm so sorry. This I, I'm hearing myself, and I'm like, this is an acting class. No, I'm, I'm all for this. I okay. think this is really fun. <laughs> Okay, yeah. everybody roll a d3 and we'll find out what your dominant emotion is. Bradley rolled a 2, which I'd attributed to mistrustful. Ooh. Theo, what did you roll? I rolled a 1, so know it all. So, so Theo, we're changing no change to all. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be high <laughs> up. And Kenny, what did you roll? I also rolled a 1, which is going to be socially awkward. Ah, oh, so nothing's changing. We're all just. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brandy, Theo, Kenny, Tallahassee, Hannah. Last thing you knew, you ran into Captain of the Guard Demi, a swampert, who explained to you that this was a dangerous place to be. Moments after that happened, you've started to feel a little odd, a little strange, as if something in your emotional core is not quite right. Something feels weird, and it's felt weird all the way up until you are presented into this stone hovel, this throne room, containing... On a weird blue crystal throne, sitting uncomfortably, a grey-skinned, scaly-haired, snouty-but-human man who has been referred to as King Thrush. Oh, hmm, your majesty, these are the, uh, the humans. Humans? Explain yourselves. Explain ourselves? I think you need to explain yourself. I mean, what is that nose? What's going on? Hello, I'm Kenny. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Brandy. Sorry. Kenny steps into the room and holds out a hand really awkwardly. What, what, is, what is happening right now? What is this? What are you doing? You're supposed to shake it. No, wait. Are you? Don't touch him, Kenny. You don't know what kind of thing will happen to you if you touch That's a bad idea. All of you, will you please, please stop. Can someone speak sense? Can somebody talk to me like a... Well, yes, like a like a human. Don't worry. I'm here. Stand back, everybody. Although I will say I don't think you're a human at all. I think you look like a Como-O. A Pokemon from the Alola region. Famous for being a dragon and fighting type. It's a very rare type combination. There actually aren't many. In fact, there, there's almost no others. I, I happen to know quite well because I, <laughs> I used to be an expert in Pokemon battling at the Church of Slowking. How do you become an expert? You've been saying a lot of facts over our time together, Theo, and it's starting to not add up for me. Kenny just sits down in the middle of the room. Demi, what is happening here? 
I, uh, I am sorry, sir. They were like this from the moment we saw them. They Hello, are... I'm Kenneth Mullet. They are bickering. Hand. Oh, they are bickering. They are doing things. This is very odd. Why is one of them sitting on the floor? Why are you sitting on the floor, Kenny? What do you know? Listen, everybody, what, what's going on? Why are you all acting so weird? Tallahassee is rubbing up against a wall somewhere. <laughs> yes, this is this is a lovely, lovely stone wall. I just bumpy and blue. <laughs> Brandy, have you seen this wall? <laughs> Come touch it with me. Brandy just feels like suddenly everything is tense. Everything feels wrong. And she just wants to try and close her eyes and just be like, what's going on? Intuit what's happening. Okay, I think this would be a weird roll. And it's a minus one. It's a four. Bye. Fuck experience. So, Brandy, you see Kenny doing all sorts of weird stuff. He's he's sitting on floors. He's trying to shake hands with kings. Theo's (laughs) trying to Theosplain to King Crush (laughs) exactly what and who they are. Tallahassee is rubbing up against a wall and you are freaking out a little bit. Your brain is on overdrive and you're you're trying, you're trying to find something, but it's like you can't even trust your own thoughts. That's that's the level to which it is embedded in your brain at this point. And you see Hannah coming up to you. She seems fairly okay and she's approaching you and her voice seems to echo a little bit like, Brandy, are, are you okay? okay? What's, What's going, going on? on? Why are you why still? still, 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 still. still. And she just touches you, Brandy, on your arm. Totally innocent, nonchalant touch. But in your current state of mind, it forces you to flee. And I think you run out of the throne room. You're going to hide somewhere. Do I get to pick on the map where I hide? Yes. Brandy looks at Hannah with a real cold stare, like she's a ghost. Empty eyes. Okay. And that freaks her out. She looks towards Kenny, and she sees this spectre, this shadow over Kenny, almost devil-like, staring at her. Brandy just has to has to run into the creepy meteorite cave. So we don't know where Brandy's gone. Bye, Brandy, bye! <laughs> You never needed her anyway, you've got me, so don't worry. You can ask me any questions and I'll tell you what you need to know. Yes, I would like to know what is going on. Can anyone explain this? I, my, I feel like my friends have gone crazy. Theo could probably, because, well, that's... Theo, normally, um, you, you do... When... What, what was it? Um, do you have a point? Don't worry, I know what he's trying to say. He's trying to say that whenever this sort of situation arrives, I have some kind of encyclopedic knowledge which happens to be able to solve all of our issues, assuage some some fears, and don't worry, once again, I am <laughs> equipped with just that piece of information. Oh, Demi, these are insufferable. Please, I, I understand. Is there, is there anything that you would like me to do? Well, I have the faction leaders coming in momentarily. Perhaps perhaps we should keep them around. It might, it might quell the faction leaders a little. <laughs> Perhaps we should keep these madmen around just, just for the hell of it, right? Just because I want to see these crazies play. King Sarge, that sounds like a very, very strange idea. Are you sure? Are you sure you want to do that? Ah, uh, listen, Demi, I am nothing if not bored between the continual bickering of Delch the Polywell and Columba the Monferno. And if anything, I feel like this will spice up their meeting. <laughs> <laughs> call it. Call it. Why are you? Why are you laughing? Delch. Not, you're... Monferno. Sounds like somebody needs a master negotiator. 
Demi, please usher all these humans to the human the human booth. Uh, Tom, do you want to play Demi while Brandy is, is out of the room? But of course. Uh, uh, very good. <laughs> is the human the human room equipped in the upper gallery? Yes, the human room is always ready. We have also human things. One of my hobbies, you know, I'm not just the captain of the guard. I am also a very, very interested researcher in the ways of the humans. Tell me, tell me, enlighten me, Demi. What is up there? What, so what can what, we learn? What, what we have is we have the floor, which is completely covered in the bubble wrap. It has no use other than just to play. Humans and cats, there's a similar uh, thing I have discovered in my research. What is a, what is a cat? Is that like a meowth? Is that, yeah, it's like is a, a meowth. It's like my nickname for meowth. Do you like bubble wrap? Is that a thing you like, humans? Kenny heard the word roll and started rolling on the floor. Gosh, that that is a strange one. Any of the uh, any of the salient ones want to want to tell me? It's a good thing that this Swamper, famous water and ground type Pokemon from the Hoenn region, for anybody asking, which you all were, <laughs> I could tell. But it's a good thing that I am another researcher in a uh, human trends. And I was thinking as soon as you said the floor, I thought I bet it's going to be made of bubble wrap. So uh, score one to Theo on that one. So take me to your bubble wrap room. I think I know where it is. So I'll just lead the way. I, I'm sorry, was I meant to wait? I couldn't look at this stuff. <laughs> you see, my lord, the bubble wrap, it is like a moth to a flame. And by moth, I mean a dust stocks to a lampard. Demi, Demi, <laughs> do, you, do you know what Pokemon are? <laughs> <laughs> You understand what world we're in, Jenny. <laughs> I'm just saying some Pokemon's names. We have we have Cat the Meowth just around the corner. Ah, we yes, have yes, Moth the Dustox near us. We yeah, have Flames yeah, the Lampin. Before you go to this human area, please wear some of this headgear that I have gathered from the outside world. And you see a series of brass instruments. Oh. <laughs> I might suggest a trumpet. Demi, will you let us into the room if we don't if we don't wear any broth? Well, no, you have to wear the hats because humans wear hats. That is part of my research. I, I am a scientist. How threatening does Demi look? You've never seen a more threatening <laughs> image than Swamper holding up a French horn to Hannah like... <laughs> you're going to put it on your head and you're going to wear it. Hannah wears the French horn and shuffles into the bubble wrap. I room. like that it covers up most of her head as well. Like yeah, it's, it's like... Sink, sunk. It's huge. When she speaks, you hear this... <laughs> Ah, now for you, Mr. Mallet, what would you like? <laughs> Kenny is already in a tuba, not head first. Kenny went in feet first. Legs first. <laughs> <laughs> like, a, like a worm. Bum goes up, head goes forward. Bum goes up, head goes forward. <laughs> and for you, the master negotiator. Their instruments performed by... They use this musical instruments by bands. You don't know anything about humans at all. You should use me as your human expert. If they are instruments of the of the music variety, then why don't you play one? Of course I will, because I'm a grade 35 in trombone. Theo, roll plus weird for me, please. Okay, Theo is a plus one. 2d6 plus one. The suspense on this trombone roll is killing me, listeners. So that is a 13 for the trombone. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, p- p- Theo, please, please, A, describe when Theo became so incredible at the trombone and also what this what this sonata sounds like. Before Theo joined the church and was an awkward non-binary child in their incredibly masculine family of people who were all big into sports, Theo was like, what's my pursuit? What is the thing that I do? 
Theo used to briefly work at a cafe that turned into a jazz bar at night and and saw an early performance of the Three Meowths when they were sort of trying out their early stuff. And, and during that time, Theo, Theo studied in the art of trombone under a lady called Suzanne, who was the proprietor of that establishment, and taught Theo everything they need to know about the, the art of the brass instrument. And it's that moment that as Theo picks up this instrument, which which they haven't seen in ages, but this, this cutting away of all the character development that Theo has done for the last few months of learning to be empathetic and vulnerable. With all of that gone, the only thing that fills the void is trombone. Okay, here's a thought. Here's a thought. Instead of Suzanne, what if it was Samantha? Great. And then you were really embarrassed of your trombone playing when you got into the church. And so you tried to distance yourself and that's why you bullied Samantha. Oh, so it's the same Samantha. It's the exact same Samantha. It's the same Samantha. It's that Samantha. I'm a little lost. What Samantha are you talking about? Oh, Ali. You you clearly haven't listened to Foul Play in, in many a month. Samantha was the church member with the geodude that Adri and Theo bonded over by bullying on their first day in the church. A brief interlude as we flash back to Foul Play 3 and find out who the heck Samantha is. Oh my, Slaking. Slaking? I hope I get a geodude. You, you suck, Samantha. <laughs> geodude's the worst. It's like a rock with arms. You're terrible. Yes, Samantha. <laughs> I like you. I hope I hope we become friends forever and then we never get split apart. Yeah, I hope we become friends, but not Samantha. <laughs> So me and Samantha grew up in the same town. We both studied to be part of the local colliery band. And as part of that, I became a master trombone player. Theo, Theo, Theo. Thank you, thank you so much for coming and, and, and practicing with me again. Honestly, I treasure these weekly practices with our trombone. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I was thinking, could we make them fortnightly and then just kind of do some homework in between? That's just kind of like a thing I was thinking about. Thea, why? why? I, you're, you're so wonderful with the trombone. The music you create, it's, 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 it's wonderful. I mean, I was going to save this uh, until the anniversary of our, our lessons began, Theo. But, oh, I'm nervous. <laughs> Hang on, let me just... Um, <clears throat> that wasn't the trombone. Theo, I, I enrolled in the church too. Oh. We can practice together in, in, in the church. Isn't that going to be wonderful? Oh, <laughs> you, yeah. you and me, yeah. the, the tromboners. Mm, that's what, yeah. <laughs> oh, let's have a rethink of that. Listen, Samantha, I've got a couple of things I need to reveal to you. Just, to, just a couple of little facts. Um, one is, do you remember when I said to you, and we would after that class, we were sat waiting for our parents to pick us up, and I said, I'm joining the church to escape everything I've ever known. Do you remember when I said those words very clearly to you? Because those are relevant as to why I don't want to see you in the church. Um, and the <laughs> and the second part, Samantha, and I, I hate to just keep revealing facts, but I, I remember literally everything I say. I have a photographic memory for my own brilliant witticisms. I was only learning the trombone to try and try and master this famous trombone sonata, and I've done that now. And uh, I've now discovered that when I master things, I no longer need them or want them and treat them as disposable, which is never going to come up as some kind of deep-seated psychosis later in my life. I think it's just about the trombone, so don't worry about it. I'm going to need you to not join the church, and if you do, I will be forced to disown you in every way. So, so you, you, never, you never cared about me at all? 
oh no, I, I cared about you. But when I mastered the trombone, every single part of that life became disposable, just as my family did when I realised that I didn't need them. Right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and it is that emotion that Theo puts into this trombone performance. Oh my goodness, okay. Wow. I don't know why, but that was both amazing and also I feel like you don't need me anymore. There's a, a single tear just dribbling down Theo's face, and as they put the trombone down, they go, I hope Samantha survived. Who's that Pokemon? I am bored. The following is an alternative universe fan fiction from champion tier patron Ginny. This alternative universe asks, What would have happened if Wimpy had? left Brandy at the end of Sky Attack 7. And it's a knockout! It's unbelievable, folks! The champion's Tyrantrum was just defeated by the challenger's Bunnelby. The crowd is going wild here in the Pokemon League Stadium. Both the champion, Gary Smoke, and the challenger, Brandy Flash, are now on their sixth and final Pokemon. That Bunnelby isn't looking great, but if he can beat a Tyrantrum, who knows? The announcer pauses for a second. We're all waiting with bated breath to see what the champion will send out next. He's taking a Pokeball off his belt. He's grinning. We know this grin. It's gonna be good, people. I just know it. The champion is about to throw out his last Pokemon. There we go. It's, yes, it has to be. His trusted, his best Pokemon. It's Luca. Your turn, Wimpy. Show her what the Pokemon of a real champion can do. No! It's a Lopini! I don't know about you folks, but I certainly didn't see that one coming. Even the challenger seems to be in shock. Dear viewers, Gary Smoke, the Pokemon champion, is using a Lopini as his final Pokemon to face the challenger Brandy's Bunnelby. This is an incredibly tense and exciting match, and there's a lot on the line here. There's the title of the Pokemon Champion, and a whole lot of money. And it comes down to these two bunny Pokemon. The crowd cheers, and it's nearly loud enough to drown out Brandy's voice as she yells out, Gary, you mucker. Almost. The two Pokemon are circling each other. These two seem to be ultimately matched. Look at that drive, that aggression, that passion. Wimpy knows very well who he's facing, who this Bunnelby's trainer is. He'd recognised her gasp the moment he'd left his Pokeball, but when he heard her yell at Gary, he knew for sure. Brandy. His old trainer. The one who'd taken him when Gary had declared him a wimp and was ready to toss him aside. The one who defended him. Fought for him. Fought with him. He's so distracted by her very presence that it takes him a moment to realise that Brandy's shout of TAKE DOWN! isn't meant for him. A moment is far too long in a battle like this, especially with a quick Pokemon like Bunnelby. Wimpy sees them coming at the last second, but it's far too late. It takes everything he has to cry out when the Bunnelby rushes into him at a mad dash. It hurts. It hurts so bad, but he's still standing. He can fight. He will fight. Has to. He has to prove himself. Has to prove to Gary that he's worthy of being on the champion's team. Most of all, he has to prove to Brandy that, that it was worth it. 
that he didn't give up on her for no reason. He struggles to his feet. He remembers other times it was like this, times he faced impossible odds and survived. He remembers facing the Hydrogen, remembers facing the Porygon, the Gyarados, the train, remembers how always, always Brandy stood behind him. Gary shouts something, but Wimpy misses it, too lost in memories to pay attention like he should. He stares at Brandy instead, sees how she pumps her fist and grins that fierce grin of hers, sees her shout something. It happens like everything is in slow motion. Brandy shouts the command, Bunnelby braces themselves, their muscles tensing up. Wimpy knows what he should do. Knows that if he jumps aside, Bunnelby will run right past him, hurt themselves, maybe even enough to be defeated. He can see it, Bunnelby's attack is sloppy, but this is it. The battle for the championship. The thing Brandy had worked so hard for, the thing she wants more than anything. Wimpy looks past Bunnelby as they rush at him, determined to take him down, even if Bunnelby goes down with him. Wimpy meets Brandy's eyes. He doesn't step aside. The pain is immediate and overwhelming. He can't breathe, he's in so much pain, but he can't look away from Brandy's face. It's hard to focus, but somehow the mix of dawning horror and triumph on her face is clear as day when everything around her goes misty. He sees the moment Brandy realises just how close to winning she is. He lets himself crumble to the ground and closes his eyes. The crowd goes wild. Thank you so much for sending that in, Ginny. This is Ginny's take on what would have happened in the parallel universe where Wimpy decided to go with Gary at the end of the Series 2 Sky Attack arc rather than stay with Brandy. And there's more of this fan fiction. Sorry, Just want to check, uh, Tom and Stu, that you guys are probably warmed up from all the speaking that you just did. <laughs> I was going to say, I was, <laughs> Ali, Ali, I was so excited, mate. I have one line. I, I was so, I was so hyped to play Gary Smoke. Like when the cast list went out, I was like, yes, what a meaty role. This is going to be so exciting. This is going to be fantastic. I just, you know, I've got to find him. I spent yep. five minutes before we start recording, just like getting into Gary character. <laughs> Your big break. Your big break. <laughs> oh. If you have a fan fiction or a non-player character or an item you'd like to add or a location to the world, send it in and we will read it out in this middle section. And if you go to our Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash critical ditto, like Ginny has, and become a Patreon, you will get a, what would I say, an expedited midsection where we will do it as nice. soon as you send it in. To get out, can I, can I do a Gary line? Please. Sure. Sure. Well, uh, hold on. We haven't officially cast you as what? Gary yet. I mean, there are okay. still some other options. Yeah. Okay. So what's the? Okay. <clears throat> you're uh, on the. You're read. on the list, Stu. You're on the list. I'm penciled. You know, you... Okay. This is my read. Uh, <clears throat> we have no, a few again. people you... we'd like who are offer only. No, so see, I'm, be, I'm... It's out to them first. No, you're making me really nervous now. You're making me really you're nervous. You're going up against the velvety voice of David <laughs> Leavesley. So. Uh, <laughs> no, oh, I've got the yips. I can't do it. I can't do it. All right. Well, David, give us your Gary. Ah, I'm Gary Smoke. Ooh, I'll smoke your screen. Ooh. Who's that Pokemon? I am bored. It's Komo-O! You just see Swampert gather up the remaining brass instruments and just go, Excuse me, um, if you will, I'm just going back to my well. Demi, wait. Oh, Demi. Demi's gone. Cottony. Hello. (laughs) Yes? Oh, there's two of you. Oh, we're the Cutney twins. That's Cutney, and I'm Cutney B. Wait, I don't. I only see one of you at a time. I didn't. I never realised there were two. We've lived a, a double life. It's like um, it's like the Prestige. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I need right now for you, Cutney, is to show in Delch the Polywhirl and Columbo the Monferno for their faction meeting. 
and the doors to the throne room, which had been smashed in by Demi the Swampert, are semi-pulled apart by Cotton A and Cotton B as Delch, the Poliwhirl. And it's as human-like as a Poliwhirl can be. I mean, it's a Poliwhirl is still fairly human-like and it's bipedal and wears gloves. But this one also has a sadness in their eyes. And Columbo the Monferno swings in all energy, fire, flame, passion. This Monferno is wearing a sports jersey, a Blitzelball jersey. It's a jersey for Max Team, who was an, a listener, a listener NPC that has been sublitted, a, a, a gym leader slash Blitzelball star. Ali, what's the uh, what's the name of Mac, the Blitzable Stars uh, sports team? Well, Stu, I don't think it's good, but it's going to be Manchester United. No, stop it! Stop it! It's a self doubt, guys. <laughs> the self doubt is just all over this podcast. You told us want... to start this podcast thinking of the worst <laughs> things about our character, and then ramp that up to ten. Ali, I told you to start this podcast by looking at my perennium. So let's get one <laughs> thing straight. <laughs> and two. <laughs> You all, you all should feel wonderful at yourselves because you're all excellent and I love you all. And Manchester United is brilliant. So that is what is emblazoned on the jersey of Columbo the Monferno. Now these characters, they represent the leaders of two factions. One, the Remain faction. And two, the Leaf faction. Again, Stu, I don't know how you come up with these ideas, mate. You... Finger on the pulse, Ali. Of five years ago. <laughs> really <laughs> relevant stuff going on right now. Tom, would you like to play Delch yes, in this scene? I seeing as like Brandy's not out of here. I actually even came up with a possible voice for Delch. I'm interested. Pitch the voice. <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do it. I'm just gonna say I've I've written shaky mouth, then I've written four W's, and then another four W's, and then higher pitched. So what does that what does that say to you, Tom? <laughs> okay, so what was it? How many W's? Eight consecutive W's. <laughs> okay, I'm doing the shaky mouth now. Shake it. Yeah, lovely. Okay, now move the pitch. Move the pitch. <laughs> and now say my name is Delch. <laughs> my name is Delch. <laughs> that's good that's good you nailed it well done okay so she is leader of the remain faction she represents the pokemon down here who don't want to leave who are quite happy where they are who enjoy this new human like existence that they've been manifesting for themselves enjoys the fact that they don't have to worry about pokemon abilities they don't have to worry about relationships with humans with battling who would who would like to play columbo the monferno i'm happy to give him a go so david columbo the monferno i've, I've also written end sentences with oh 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 okay <laughs> <laughs> i think i'm i think i meant when i was writing it something more like a, a monkey noise but i just quite oh, like oh, oh oh it's quite welsh it's quite ness oh you're right stace oh oh <laughs> Who's this? <laughs> Very difficult when it addresses uh, the the king Komowowowowow. <laughs> and Columbo is obviously leader of the faction who wants to leave, wants to try and get out of the prison. Is sick of all this politicking and living like humans. Wants to be able to fire fire out their mouth again, play Blitzelball, and is jealous. Is jealous of the of the the Pokemon that still get to do that, especially any that might have left the wild area. And they've come. They've come to argue their case. Ali, would you like to take on Cotton A and B? Uh, let me just let me just get in character. Hey, hi. Yeah, I'm there. In the left corner, weighing in at a polyworld size, it's Delch. Very rude to reveal a weight of something. Just just a fry eye. <laughs> and on the red corner, re- right corner, co- 
Colombo! Colombo de Monferno. Hello, hello, everybody. You know me already. I'm famous for being incredibly violent, but I'd like to point out here that it would be a lot nicer if we were all just Pokemon because they would just be saying cottony, cottony, which would be a lot more pleasant than that absolute bilge or woe. I do agree with you there, Colombo. Yes, to let the uh, let the faction leaders know, we do have uh, five, no, four. One of them ran away. We have four humans currently in the gallery in the in Demi's bubble wrap room. Wonderful. <laughs> we can ask them to join us. We could have a, 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 a proper afternoon tea or uh, we could go for a wonderful stroll. Or you could get to meet them, you stupid little polyworld, and realise what we're running the chance of turning into. I used to be a Monferno, and now look at us. Now, listen, Columbo, the Monferno, I do appreciate that your your tail flame has, has dulled and is almost non-existent now. But you, you keep telling us how relationship with, with humans is, is a good thing and that we should strive to rejoin the, the surface world and rejoin those humans up there. Now, these humans have come down here and they seem, well, frankly, they seem insane. And I, I like you to argue, please, Columbo, why you think we should have anything to do with them. Well, precisely, that's exactly the point I'm making, is that if we're staying down here, we're going to turn into the insane humans, but up there, we're protected from that. The only thing that happens up there, I hear, is that humans start to behave like Pokemon or woe. So actually, in that situation, I think actually we're doing very well if we go up there and we know there's no chance that we'll turn into these absolute mad people or woe. Interesting point. Let's hear a rebuttal. Well, well, I think that if we if we do go up there, what what is to stop us being used for odds and ends? Suddenly, we lose our our own purpose, and we become we become merely tools of war. I, for example, love to 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 wear my skirt. I do not love digger impacting a weedle. That's not what I enjoy doing. But a trainer could easily capture me, force me to learn giga impact. And yeah, and then then everyone's in trouble because it's a big move. From the bubble wrap room, you suddenly hear Theo just going, Polyworlds can't learn Giga Impact! Fade away on the babbling, the arguments of this forum, going back and forth, back and forth. King Thrush sat despairing on their throne as these Pokemon argue and belittle each other. And we zoom back into the bubble wrap room. Would those in the bubble wrap room like to roll another D3, please? Theo, it's a two this time. Fab. What was Theo's number two? Lack of self-esteem. What are you term? Kenny, what what, what have you gone for? Kenny is now going to be super duper gullible. Okay. So yes, you feel these emotions start to shift in your head, even as you see your faces reflected in the brass instruments and popped bubble wrap that surrounds you. Hannah is attempting to try and hold court and get some sense out of her fellow compatriots. Everybody, everybody, listen, they they are so distracted down there with, with, with politics. This is our chance. We can... We can get away, right? Why would we want to sneak away from all of these beautiful surfaces? Okay, Tallahassee, listen. Listen to me. You, this is not this is not where we want to be, right? That Theo. Theo is just staring forlornly at the trombone. I don't think we're getting out. Just like nobody got out of that church tower. They all died on me. I did nothing. Samantha! I just don't mean to her. 
Oh no, Theo is so mean. Kenneth, you sweet boy, come and give me a hug. Tala, I say, come here. Oh, you have such a smooth surface, Kenny. Nobody's hugged me in years. Kenny, come back. Come back, Kenny. Come back to me. Okay, I'm coming over here. Kenny, listen. What if I told you your your hair was yellow? Was it? Wow. I always thought it was like a sort of dark purpley black. It is. Look at it. She holds up the trombone. Look at it, Kenny. What is going on? My hair is a trombone. Okay, Theo, I know we joke about this, but you you are the most knowledgeable <laughs> one out of out of all of us. Can you not... I don't know anything. I've lost every Pokemon battle I've ever done. <laughs> I'm so incompetent. Like I'm just useless. So, like, I don't even understand why I'm here. Like what? Who? What do any of you see in me? Well, Hannah, we're gonna have to rely on you then, because we can't rely on this useless piece of nothing over there. <laughs> you're so right. Kenny, stop that. Theo, you, you're, you're valued, right? We, we want you here. We do. Hannah is right. Certainly want your lovely touching clothes. <laughs> that is true. We also want that. These robes, these robes that I never deserve to wear underneath this horrible black outfit that makes me look horrible. <laughs> I'm useless. I just, I just want to find the king's rock and forget. You may look horrible, but you feel great. Oh, <laughs> that's what Samantha used to say. <laughs> I believe everything. Meanwhile, we cut over to Brandy. Where's Where have you gone, Brandy? Brandy is hiding in um, the food store that I can see on the map. Okay, Brandy, you've been in here for about 10, 15 minutes now, trying to calm yourself down. Do I roll a d3? No, 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 roll a d3. This is a new scene. Ooh, a three. Here we go. Temper short fuse. So you've been in this, this food store with... Some weird... Maybe there's something special, something interesting in this specific food store. What if it's like glowing liquid substance? Like a jar of glowing liquidy substance. Okay, so Brandy, you've entered this food store and you can see on shelves, crude, rocky shelves around the food store are these jars of green fluorescent liquid. And they've been shining this dull green light on your face. And you've been taking the time to calm yourself, trust your own brain again, but it feels like something is flipping in your brain some emotional core is shifted and something else is taking dominance and as you start to feel that brandy who else do you notice is hidden in this food store if you say andre for months <laughs> it's not going to be andre for months but barnaby tims has been very absent from uh, recent episodes could be demi could be do you that's all we've got. That's all we've got right now down here. Maybe you see like Vipen's Magnazone or something that yeah. suggests that she got into some danger, but maybe not explicitly her. That's fine. Vipen's Magnazone. Okay, the one that you surfed on. Yeah. Great. Okay. In the shadows, Brandy, you see the green light start to illuminate something that you hadn't noticed before, as the shadows rescind, and you see a Magnazone looking scared, also hiding, and you recognise this Magnazone because it has scratches underneath, Brandy. 
scratches as if it's been surfed down a rocky scree slope very recently by some very irresponsible person. <laughs> I mean, who would do that? Against who would the do that to this, to this poor world. creature? <laughs> this poor creature. This is Vipens Magnazone brandy that has somehow ended up in the wild area at the bottom of the core prison. Could you, could you jars just stop shining green? All right, green is my least favorite color. <laughs> I forgot you were so angry. She just she just smashes one of the glasses, one of the jars. The Magnazone flinches, and you hear this this voice, this scared voice. Magnazone, I. Oh, you stop cowering! All right, I'm not scary. All right, I'm a very attractive, desirable young lady. All right, who does not strike fear into anyone's hearts. Zone, I am zone scared. Wait, I know you. Where do I know you? Oh, that's going to bug me. That is going to bug me. Do not hurt me. Who, where do, why do, wait, no, I'm not going to hurt you. How do you know me? Trainer surfed me down a hill when I was with Magn- Master Vipen. Oh my god, the Magnus only was the surfboard? Oh! Oh, just that's, that's sorry. That's stupid, Brandy. You shouldn't have. You should have recognised it. Oh, that's annoying. You're the Magnazone, who's the Pokemon of the Warden of the prison. Why are you in the Pokemon area of the prison? Shouldn't you be? I don't know. Patrolling? Are you patrolling? Are you the guard? Because if so, sort out these jars, all right? Because they are really, really getting on my gears. And you'd understand that because you're a Steel type. I am prisoner now. Can talk. Zone. This is strange. Stop saying zone at the end of your sentences. That is not proper English, what? <laughs> Why was she taken from me and me put down here? Well, how the hell should I know? I've been down, I'm locked in here with you. What will happen to us, zone? Well, we're probably going to get killed by these jars, these stupid jars, and she punches another jar. I'm wondering what's what's in these jars. Maybe it came from the meteorite. It's space juice. Maybe that no. It's like Goomy juice, but space juice. Oh, is it Goomy juice? And that's really good for Pokemon. Pokemon just love Goomy juice. Every, everyone loves Goomy juice. Tom, come on, Brandy. As you're smashing these jars, you recognise what is coming out. It's it's something from your childhood. It's that Goomy juice again. It's time for a Goomy Juice flashback! Goomy! 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 Goomy Juice flashback. Takes you back, Brandy, to that day. The day at the well with Gary Smoke. And it's it's after. The sun is setting now. You're, you Both of you are sat up against that craggy bit of well. That he got himself stuck in. Me and Portly Gary. Slightly Portly Gary, and you're 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 sat watching the sunset over Surflow Town. We knew this would happen, folks. Once he only got one line as Gary Smoke in the midsection, <laughs> and he's gonna he's once more. He got a taste, and he's he wants more. Oh, Brandy, you know this this Jimmy juice. It's not bad, not bad. Tastes okay, tastes okay. Tastes okay, Gary. It has. A, and I can't believe I'm saying this, 120% sugar content. That's what it oh, actually yeah. says on the wrapper. Try it. Try we, it on my hand. It's on my hand. Try I'm it. Try, try it on your hand, Just Gary. try it. I heard these gummy juice. Somebody said, like, it's full of vitamins, full of good stuff. 
You probably need it, Brandy. You probably need it because, you know, otherwise you're going to be stuck here forever. <laughs> what do you even want to do, Brandy? Like, <laughs> I swear, you just seem so unambitious. Mm. I'm unambitious. What about you then? What do you want? Hmm? Hmm? What do you want, Gary? I want to be the human equivalent of 110% sugar content. That's what I want to be, and I want to do it. And I know that. And you, you don't know yourself. That's why you're so angry all the time. Yeah, well, Gary, guess what? Maybe I'm angry for a lot of reasons, huh? Reasons that you could never even comprehend, all right? Maybe that's the reason. Maybe if I didn't hang around you, I wouldn't be so angry all the time. Babe, whether I'm here or not here, you'd still be one angry brandy. Reason why I'm so calm is because no matter what, I believe in Gary Smoke. So nothing's bad enough to make me lose my cool. Once you have a goal, a dream, and you actually believe you can achieve it, you won't be angry. That actually... sounded kind of wise. That's a big surprise from you. And makes me want to follow you on your journey as your cheerleader. Probably. Pass me some of that Gooby juice. Now that we're talking about it, I just want... I think we should just drink the Gooby juice. You want a swig? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. If you're drinking yeah. it, I'm drinking it. Here, yeah. take a swig, take a swig. There you go. The memory fades, Brandy, and you're back in the, the food store, looking at this goomy juice that's all over your hands again. I think Brandy, with the goomy juice, has a bit of a moment of clarity, if you will allow. She actually realises it's goomy juice and takes a lick of it from her finger and feels a bit refreshed. You know, it's the best goomy juice she's had. And so she offers some to Magnazone. Hey, um... Magnazone, sorry. No, so... Do you want some goomy juice? I'll rub it on your magnet? Yes, please. And you see the Magnazone start to relax. And you feel yourself start to relax, Brandy. Almost as if your mind is returning to yourself. You're feeling more... Oh. You? Still, still probably angry. Why am I in a food store? What am I doing? But it's your anger now, Brandy. And you're in control. What do you do? Magnazone? What's the last thing you remember? Being in the warden's office. Vipen was there too. I was taken from her by Vaughn, the Helsing Zone leader. The Helsing leader? What's the Helsing leader doing down in the core? Magnazone, come with me. Are you sure I can trust you? No, I'm not sure you can trust me, because I do still want to surf you down this meteorite. And I know you didn't like that the first time. I really did not but like it. But if you gave it, it a second try... This displeases owns me. Brandy opens the door, and she takes a jar of the Gumi juice, w walks towards the throne room again, with Magnazone in tow. <laughs>
the discussion that was happening between Columbo the Monferno and Delch the Polywell has broken out of the throne room and is now taking place outside of King Thrush's room. And you see that supporters of Delch have gathered around her and supporters of Columbo have gathered around him. And there is there's tension now amongst the, the Pokemon down here as they debate and try to work out whether they want to stay here or try and break out and return to their old lives. Yeah, I don't think I want to get involved with the arguing Pokemon. What I would say then is that the din of this argument going on in the equivalent of the village square is loud enough for Brandy to just sneak by, just duck into the shadows behind a couple of azure crystals. So if you wanted to sneak by and just go directly to King Thrush's throne room, get a bit closer to Theo and Kenny, you could totally do that. Okay, so Brandy takes Magnazone and we, we walk past them and we go into the throne room. You see King Thrush sat in this opalescent crystal throne, his scaly half-human, half-dragon fingers clutching his brow, looking despairingly at the floor. Oh, this is a disaster. Why, Thrush, I'm better now. Oh, you were the girl you ran off earlier. I did. I had a bit of bit of problems with my head, but now I'm better. Can you tell me where my friends are? They're in the the bubble wrap room. You've got a bubble wrap room. Yes. Oh my. Well, okay. Give me ten minutes then. <laughs> okay. Brandy goes to the bubble wrap area to find what I imagine is pure chaos. Absolutely. It's like that scene in Community <laughs> where <laughs> Donald Glover walks in with the pizzas and everything is on fire. <laughs> Brandy, Tallahassee told me that if I pop every single one, I will explode into glitter. And why would you want to do that, Kenny? I don't. I'm trying to stop anyone popping anything. I'm so scared. Brandy, save me from the bubbly glitter. Theo is just staring at the trombone and singing sort of a haunting lament very poorly What in between tears. Can we hear it? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, Theo can't remember the words because you know when you're feeling bad you just sort of make it up so I think Theo is just singing the word Samantha over and over again and H- Hannah is just desperately trying to chase after everyone Brandy points at Hannah Oi! Brandy! What are you do- Why have you let this happen? But where have you been? Where did you go? You Where have I been? My mind has been affected by this weird place that we're in seemingly you're alright and guess what? You've lost complete control well, I tell you what, Brandy, you try, you try, you try containing these a lot. It's worse than it could possibly be, Brandy. Brandy goes up to, she's quite enjoying Kenny trying to stop Tallahassee popping bubbles. No, stop moving. Don't do it. I will touch those bubbles, Kenny. You will allow me. I, I, I will burn this place down and you know I can. What was that, Kenny? And then Brandy thinks otherwise and is like, hey, Kenny, um... <laughs> Why don't, you, why don't you eat this? It's actually your favourite food, which is a butter sandwich. Oh my is god, that... a butter sandwich! Do you have a tepid glass of milk? I do, and she produces more goomy juice oh. on top of the other goomy juice. Guzzles it all down. I have a question. Are we saying that goomy juice has restorative powers? Or are we saying that because goomy juice connected Brandy to a point in her life she was able to kind of disassociate her reality from another reality oh. i think if kenny were to have it and to snap out of it we would there would have to be a moment in kenny's life where he was affected by goomy juice which have three goomy juice flashbacks <laughs> oh no it's it's all it's all been about the goomy juice all along we just didn't know it <laughs> oh man i think as 
Brandy essentially pranks Kenny into thinking that he is eating something nice that he likes, but actually he doesn't. It's it's gross goomy juice. Kenny has a flashback to being pranked by his older sisters. Lest we forget, Kenny actually has two older sisters. Oh, yeah. Let's say lest we. Let's say lest we, Kenny. Lest you forget. <laughs> Do you know what? She is much older. So much older. Kenny just forgets about her because she kind of like left before uh, before left. Kenny was. Yeah, was yeah. She, she left to sort of make her own uh, place in the world when Kenny was like four. Family is so important to Kenny, unless they're too old. <laughs> in which case, then. No, Kenny, ha- Kenny has unadulterated love for her. He's just not as close to her as Melissa and Dora, Tom. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Fair. <laughs> so Kenny uh, has a flashback to Melissa pranking Kenny by replacing a tube of toothpaste with a tube of Goomy juice. But actually, Kenny's eldest sister, who I don't think we've named. Not yet. Is this it? Is this the moment? Frey. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to call her... Clarissa, and she explains it all. I don't understand the reference, but sure, she could be called Clarissa. (laughs) I love that reference, Tom. (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad you've got it, David. She's called Clarissa, and she runs in to stop Kenny. And Hannah, as Kenny goes to guzzle this uh, goomy juice, runs in and stops Kenny from guzzling all of it. And Kenny suddenly is a flashback to this memory. Kenny, no, no, what are you doing? What are you doing? I have to to drink it, it's a butter sandwich. Give me that... (gasps) Kenny, no! Bash! It's time for a Goomy Juice flashback! Goomy. Who, me? No, 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 Goomy. Goomy, goo you, Goomy, goo you. Goomy Juice flashback. Right, right, so, Kenny, right, you know how we brush our teeth every day? Yes, Melissa? I've got you some special toothpaste here, okay? And it's going to make your breath smell amazing. So just <gasps> squeeze it on there, squeeze it on. Can I, can I just put it straight into the mouth? Why waste time? I can do the whole tube and then everyone would like me. Mm-hmm. Oh, what do you think you're doing there, Kenny? Oh, it's our <laughs> 70-year-old sister, Clarissa. <laughs> I'm not 70. How dare you? How dare you? What do you two think you're doing? Melissa, give me the toothpaste. Clarissa, no, it's just a prank. Is Why it do you a have game? to ruin everything? You're so serious all the time and old. Clarissa pours <laughs> the toothpaste down the sink. And no. when did this special toothpaste become green, Melissa? It's now green with your lies. Kenneth, you are not to listen to your little sister, your this little sister's lies. Okay. But she's my older sister. This is very confusing. You're all the yeah, same don't... age to me. Once you're past 60 years old older than someone, <laughs> they're just young. Clitter, why why are you so serious all the time? All I want to do is just pretend that Goomy juice with toothpaste and make Kenny's teeth go green. And why am I serious all the time, Melissa? Yeah, why? I'm serious all the time. I'm going to tell you right now. Farming, it's a dead industry. I need to start getting into things like accounting. I was right going to ask, how is your apprenticeship at Tapu Dabi getting on? It's going fine. Kenny, and I'm going to move out there full time pretty soon. Wait, you work in a Capricorn? Of course I'm working in a Capricorn. Melissa, you never listen to me. Oh. I write you all letters. Are you not reading me letters? Boring, I just don't, you know. I'm oh, Melissa. Too busy you... thinking of pranks. You know what, <laughs> Melissa? If you're not careful, you're going to end up dead-end job, waiting tables, or taking tickets on a train. Okay, that's your future. No, because I, I like this farm, and yeah, it may be a little plot. But as long as it doesn't blight or something stupid like that, we are going to keep growing things on here and we are going to be proud of that. Well, okay, you better try and explain that to the tea leaves in your own palms because your palms are telling me a different story. Mm -hmm.
What a weird flashback. <laughs> Welcome to Jamaica. <laughs> I think I produced the best performance possible uh, from what I had. Kenny, how do you feel? <gasps> oh my God. Why did I suddenly think that I was about to explode into a ball of glitter if everyone had popped all these bubbles? I don't know, Kenny. You, you were saying something something weird, like I was going to eat a butter sandwich? Oh no, that is not weird. Like... In fact, I have one in my pocket at all times, like Paddington. Oh, right. <laughs> cute! Now, Hannah, this is how he gets it. He says something really cute that reminds you of a childhood character and he does weird stuff. Mm, Kenny? Nom, nom. You thought you were stopping Randy? Oh, he's so cute. Look at him wearing a little hat now. Oh, oh he's, he sat on the floor. It was odd earlier, but now it's just endearing. Right, we need to help Theo out now. Samantha! <laughs> Who's Samantha? I don't know, but I think you got to give them this weird gloopy stuff. Kenny, I think Theo trusts you the most. Maybe you should give them the gummy juice? Kenny picks up the jar, sits down slowly next to Theo, pours a little bit of gummy juice onto their hand. And holds it in front of Theo. Here you go, Theo. This'll help. <laughs> will it make the pain go away? <laughs> it will. We flash back to... The day that Theo passed the king's mock and got meditite, Theo was having a tea with Canaan and was served a delicious gummy juice flavoured pastry. It's time for a gummy juice flashback! If that plane leaves the ground and you're not with him, you'll regret it. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon and for the rest of your life. But what about us? We'll always have Gumi. You complete me. And I just had... Shut up. Just shut up. You had me at home. Gumi Juice flashback. Gumi Juice flashback. Ah, oh, Theo, come and have a look at this. It's my Gumi Juice pastry. Oh, um. And uh, Theo's a little bit down because obviously earlier Theo thought that they weren't even going to get a uh, partner Pokemon because it was the King's Mock and there was there was almost a moment where Theo was, was partnerless and so Theo looks at the cake and goes, will it make the pain go away? It'll make your hunger go away. Great. Perfect. Canaan's <laughs> <laughs> like, shut up. <laughs> you mopey child. Just eat the damn cake. Uh, you presented the cake to Theo and Theo's like, I'm so sorry. I'm, I, I realise that I'm being... It's just... I've worked so hard my entire life to get good at things, whether it was sports with my family or the trombone with Samantha, or now with the church knowledge, and I'm top of the class, and I still almost didn't even get a partner Pokemon. And I'm sure that Meditite will be great for me, but just why do I keep working so hard for nothing? Theo, you are exceptional. You are top of your class. You are phenomenal at the trombone. Uh, and and you're okay at sports, but I believe Meditite would have been your partner Pokemon, even if you weren't the exceptional student or the slapping trombone player. They are your partner because they want to be your partner. They chose you. I am your friend and occasional mentor, not because of your achievements or what you've done, but actually because I like spending time with you. 
I like who you are. And rather than doubt yourself, perhaps eat some gooey juice cake with a friend and, and enjoy yourself. Enjoy being you. Theo is ready to have another smart Alec retort um, to sort of lash out when they're feeling vulnerable, but decides against it, takes the cake and bites into it. And there's Goomy Juice just spilling out of there, spilling down Theo's face, and Kanan starts laughing and Theo starts laughing. It's all just a lovely moment. Lovely little postcard moment. Theo comes round, having also had a Goomy Juice related spiritual energy memory i can't believe gumi juice played such a role in all of our lives oh such you don't even want to know tallahassee's relationship <laughs> with gumi juice i really don't i really do not want to know that we can lock that away <laughs> what if i told you tom that tallahassee never had the gumi juice and was never affected and that was just he just <laughs> just he saw an opportunity <laughs> to really be tallahassee to really to really just let tallahassee out and took it theo comes round finding themselves on the floor curled up in a heap and the waves of pain and grief and self-doubt and self-loathing just fade away like a low tide. And Theo sits themselves up, sees the faces of Brandy, Kenny, Hannah, even Tallahassee, looking at them with concern. And Theo, instinctively, you know that everyone else is on the same page. They're back in the room. They're back with themselves. Their more negative qualities still there, but under control. The group looks to Brandy. Brandy, did you find anything out there? Uh, yeah. Magnazone? Tell us your story. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't know why I found that so funny. It was 1834. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just had a real... I had real... just been born to a bucket of gold. <laughs> Magnazone, actually, I'll tell the story. I have bad news. And at that moment, the mob from outside of assembled humanoid-esque Pokemon. The Pokemon that lived down here in the wild area. The Pokemon that the meteorite has affected and turned more human, led by Delch the Poliwhirl and Columbo the Monfono, storm back into the throne room. King Thrush seems surprised. Columbo the Monfono and Delch the Poliwhirl are arguing, their voices raised, until finally Delch the Poliwhirl points up at the bubble wrap room where Hannah, Tallahassee, Brandy, Theo and Kenny are located and says we'll ask them and they better have an answer because time is running out the end of another crazy episode of real real antics from the group there and what about this wild area huh these pokemon are some regional variants if i've ever seen them i'd like to end the podcast by thanking the people that we love to thank let's start with michael sands the creator of monster of the week which is the base game for pocket monster of the week that we are currently playing i'd also like to thank 
the wonderful musicians Braxton Burks and the Materia Collective for the albums Canto Symphonies, Johto Legends and Time and Space and also the musical stylings of Glitch X City and additional sounds and music from Epidemic Sounds. So that's been very, very helpful for this episode especially. I'd also like to thank the creators of Pokemon, Satoshi Tajiri and Jinichi Masada, and remind everyone out there that we are a fan-made and not-for-profit podcast and have no affiliation with Game Freak or the Pokemon company. I'd also like to thank, as we do every week, our current patrons. Your support means everything to us, and so now we are going to thank you personally. So thank you, Jerembi. Thank you, TurtleLover2244. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you, Atlas Moth. Thank you, Scott M. And Scott, you may have noticed there was a Mac reference, which was your midsection character, I believe. So congratulations, Scott. The rare thing of a midsection character getting into the main plotline is that award, and kudos to you. And I believe you also created Jockey the Ursaring, so you are on, on a roll. Also, thank you to Dr. Mega Man PhD. I'd like to thank Max Kovach. I'd like to thank Keiko Pin Cosplay. I'd like to thank Big Fat Nuke. Another thank you goes out to Jonah Jackson, and another thank you to Trigula, aka Aurora. Thank you, Josh Anderson. Thank you, Alchemage. Thank you, Cesar Trevino. Thank you, Force Majeure Pod. Thanks, GGT. Thanks, Crandon Creations. Thank you, Eric Eichinger. Thank you, Millamois. Thank you, Ginny Voss. Ginny Voss, as well. Check out their amazing alternative universe fan fiction link in the description that was what was read out in the midsection today um fantastic idea um um yeah love love reading some fan fiction it's great to just listen to david sometimes just listen to david talk it's very very calming and finally thank you alistair collinson and we'd also like to thank everyone who listened to the podcast today we really appreciate all the people that tune in every week and have followed along with quite an epic tale that we're telling at the moment. So um, it, we really appreciate you sticking with us and continuing to enjoy and interact with us. And finally, I'd like to thank David, Ali and Stu, as always, for being for being great. And I think that's it from me. Oh, wait. Go catch them all. And by all, I mean your dreams. Theo is a plus one. So it's one one D six plus one. Is that what we're doing? Two D six. Two D six plus one. How long have we play been playing the game, David? Brandy, you only <laughs> rolled one earlier for your roll, so I was like Oh my god, Brandy did, but it's too late now. <laughs> no. no! Oh no, Tom! <laughs> How long have you been playing the game for, Tom? <laughs> oh, snap! Oh, my God! Snap! No, surely not. Yeah, the Game's Master has become the Game's Master!